Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth, and today we're going to talk about career guidance. But before we do that, Claire, tell us about how was your week? My week was good. Uh, One thing that I'm really excited about is that my favorite show, Legacies, is back. The new season just started. What a good feeling when you get the whole, like, it's so good. It's Well, so an interesting thing is normally I watch it after the fact. Hardly ever do I watch shows as they come out, but this is as it comes out. So every Friday is like, oh, it's Legacies Day. We get to watch the next episode. Um... So anyway, I don't know if you've watched Legacies yet, but it's like teen drama, magic, um, cool monsters. I'm so into it. Um, yeah. Dude, and it's, it's weird because, <clears throat> you know, showing my age, but back in the day when television shows were on television uh-huh. and you would kind of be like, oh, tonight is like right. ER night or whatever mm-hmm. and sort of save it up. And I definitely, I do notice when I binge shows like, sometimes when you re-watch them, you're like, do I remember this happening? Because like, it's not, you don't have enough digestion time. So sure. that's kind of cool to have it, it is. happening live. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. That's cool. Legacies. How about you? Yeah, so, well, ours is show-related too. Oh, well, because, you know, my obsession with Cobra Kai continues. Uh-huh. I'm actually in the position of being very sad because there is no more oh. Cobra Kai. And, you know, so... That's tough. And I found myself Googling more than once, being like, what is the date when the next season will come out? And so, <laughs> but we actually got inspired to go back and watch all the Karate Kid movies. Oh, that's nice. So that was super sweet. I mean, I'm not sure they're, especially the second and third one are actually good movies, but the story between the, you know, the student and the master is really beautiful. Cool. But it was making me think about um, how movies are different when you watch them at different ages. Oh, yeah, sure. So, did you ever hear of a movie called Reality Bites? No. Well, it's like Winona Ryder has just graduated from college and she kind of has two love interests. Like, one is Ethan Hawke, who's like the deep poet, and the other is Ben Stiller, who's supposed to be kind of the soulless corporate person. Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, it's very clear that she should be with the moody poet. But then as an adult, when you watch it, you're like, I don't know, the other guy has a job and he seems very like stable. And so it's just different. But yeah, yeah the credit card when I was younger was all about the romances. And now it's like, oh, what a beautiful relationship between sort of the parent figure and the child. So it's different at different stages in your life, I guess. Well, that's that's kind of, I think, a mark of a good story that it has all those different layers that you can pick out at different times yeah different people can enjoy and relate to different ones so that's awesome i have not watched the karate kid or cobra kai so maybe i'll do that while i'm waiting for legacies (laughs) (laughs) on the non-friday days (laughs) so tell me em do you have a quote for us this week i do so this is from greg mccohen who's uh, my spirit animal, who wrote uh, Essentialism. Oh, nice. Here we go. Once we accept the reality of trade-offs, we stop asking, how can I make it all work? And start asking the more honest question, which problem do I want to solve? So just a reminder of uh, asking the right questions. Dude, yes. 
Yeah. It's so hard to do though in the moment. I just, I feel like I had such intentions this semester about being very mindful about my choices. And then I'm just like a ridiculous puppet on a string. And anytime (laughs) anything pulls me anyway, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I have to do this now. And, you know, so. I know. I mean, it's it's a constant practice, you know, it's, it's. I think it's great that we start off the semester with these plans, even if they go awry and we hopefully wrench them back into place, you know? Well, if we didn't even try, geez, where right, would we exactly. be? <laughs> so we had exactly. that something. Yeah, cool. Okay, so tell us, when we're talking about career guidance, we're specifically talking about between, like, us offering guidance to students. Is that yes. where you were thinking? What, yeah. How to guide <clears throat> students on their career path is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking about here. So do you want to start off? What's working for you with career guidance? Well, I think I think the thing that works for me is my my uh, chatting affliction where I okay. chat a lot with students. Nice. And I think that I've noticed when you just kind of, especially when we were in person, but even a little bit now in breakout rooms, but when you're just kind of chatting about things mm-hmm. and I often am telling stories about, oh, when I was an undergrad or when I was did this or that or my friend did this and things kind of that really opens up those conversations that makes sense and when people like I think I told a student once a story about I got a terrible fright when I first came to grad school in America because something happened weird with my paperwork where mm. they emailed like they sent me the bill for the grad school like the actual oh I was like oh yeah there's no way I could pay this ever and so I was kind of freaking out and thought I have to go home and it turned out you know and they were like wait so a student was kind of like wait grad school you don't have to pay and I'm like oh well actually if you get this position you don't have to pay and so you know it led into that conversation so I think chatting is good and then I think the thing that works for me is and I have some conflict about this too but I think personal outreach and connection so Uh especially if students have talked to me about stuff before and if I get like an you know internship position email or grad school whatever like I'll email it to them and like oh I think this would be great for you and Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen students really respond positively to that. That's fantastic. Of, yeah. So I think that they're the things that really do work. My, my working on list is a lot longer. But um, <laughs> tell me what is working for you. Well, that's interesting. So I have very similar, um, definitely addressing that big misconception that it costs a lot of money to go to grad school. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure it's the same in all fields, but certainly in our fields, that is not true at all. Um, so trying to spread that information widely, I think is helpful. Um, Also, yes, forwarding internship opportunities. And I I like both for, I think it's ideal to forward it to individual students that it seems like a good fit for, and that can really, you know, encourage somebody to apply. And one thing that I've been doing lately that I think is really um, working well is forwarding them to my whole class. As well. And someone I might not know would be a good fit or I might not know would be interested ends up applying. And it's happened a couple times that somebody unexpected has said, oh, thank you for this. I'm applying. And I was like, oh, great. I wouldn't have thought to send it to this person just because I didn't know it was something up their alley. So see, um, I'm really glad you said that because that's something I struggle a bit with, with the personal touch thing is like, am I just like selecting the kids who like, you know, and it's like, but I like maybe doing both because I do kind of like saying like, oh, hey, Claire, I think you'd really like this one in particular, you know, but I think I liked, yeah. Casting the net a bit wider. And I think it can be, like, from the student perspective, you know you want a summer internship, but finding it with Google searching is totally fine. But I think 
you know, we often get forwarded emails from people trying to advertise their summer internship. So I just mm-hmm. like spreading that out. Um, yeah. And do you put a message on it? Oh, yeah. I usually say, you know, I forward the email and then I write a little thing like, hi, forwarding this opportunity that I thought might be of interest. And then a little like it involves studying marine science Ooh, at nice. Moss Landing, you know, whatever else. Cool. Um, OK, I really like that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is we have for so one of my classes is a upper division class that involves using a lot of chemical instruments. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we normally do in that lab is take a field trip to a local a business that is a laboratory that uses a lot of those instruments. And um, it's not uncommon at all for students who graduate having taken this class to go get a job there for a few years after school. So um, I really like that connection where we've actually been there. They've walked around. They've said, oh, I know what that instrument is. And now if they wanted to do that kind of thing, they, you know, are that much further towards being comfortable applying for it. So I'm into that as well. That's cool. Yeah. So so what are you working on with career guidance? Well, I have lots of them. And actually, your working well is a perfect segue into something. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of don't really have physics companies here. And so I think that's something we're really lacking is not I being see. able to do something like that, like go there and be like, here's what a physicist does when they're mm-hmm. out in the wild or whatever. And <laughs> in the wild. I think like the wild you know, physicist. Yeah. Well, I went to give a talk somewhere else. And when I was there, I noticed they had a really cool seminar series that was like, what does a physicist do? Oh, cool. And they would have people from industry come once a month and give oh, a talk. Oh, that's awesome. It was so cool. But it was also where they were. Like, they were really near this huge technology hub. Sure. And so it was, like, pretty straightforward to get people to come up mm-hmm. and do that. So I think that's something – because my whole thing, I think, that I'm working on is – like one problem is that like I feel like I'm looking at everything through my lens of what I did. Totally. Everyone I know kind of did the same stuff. And so <laughs> it feels like really the work I need to do is really pushing to remember like academia is not the only path. And mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's a real struggle for physics, I think, when they're trying to get people to sign up. Like some parents would think of physics as being a really impractical option. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost, I am not saying philosophy is not a useful degree, but they would see it as like, oh, it's, you know, this kind of like musing on these sort of esoteric things, but not a very practical skill set. And so I think in general, we need to do more to kind of counter that narrative and sort of like here are the jobs you get with physics. So I think there's that. And I think, um, one thing that I do struggle with also is not crushing people's dreams <laughs> and also not. So it's like finding the balance between, Oh, what do you want to do? And like honoring that. But then also, you know, cause you know, like there's so many people who start and they're like, Oh, I'm going to be a physics professor and mm-hmm. like work in NASA. And you're like, great. Okay. Wonderful. But secretly I'm like, are you though? Really? Like, is that what's going to happen? And sure. I don't certainly think I should interrupt that process, but when do you, I don't know, like when kind of morally do you need to say, hey, maybe here's how we could look into some other things, or maybe we should also apply for these things. You know what I mean? Because it's, I think, and I think historically part of the problem with physics and the demographics we have has been professors intervening way too early and saying, 
oh, you sure. don't have what it takes to become blah, blah, blah. So I definitely, you know, but where is the line? Like if someone is in their last year and they're still really failing classes all the time and they're still like, no, I'm going to grad school. Like when do you kind of say, hey, let's look at this other options or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, so wow. I have so many thoughts about all those okay, things. Good, so good. first of all, I'm thinking like, yeah, I know what you mean. And and we have that, you know, of course, I'm sure every major has similar things where you wonder whether you should tell a student that this isn't a good match or whatever. I mm-hmm. think maybe what I feel more comfortable with is saying something like, you're currently not on the path towards NASA mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And kind of saying, if you want to go on that path, these are the things that you're going to need to change. I don't know if it's getting A's or, you know, you're going to have to start doing some summer stuff so that you can get into an internship so that you would be a viable candidate. But somehow letting them know, like, if that's your goal, you need to add some other things to this strategy because this this is not that you're not on that trajectory right now. We, We could try to adjust. And if you want to be on that trajectory, we can look at what you could do. And then you can decide if that's what you want to do. But just so you know. I love that. And I feel like in the past, I've even done that and then forgotten. Like I've even sort of really talked to students about like GPA is one way you can get into grad school. And then if that's not a strong point, here's other ways you can kind Uh of, you know, and I used to do that and I kind of have forgotten that. So yes, thank you. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example because of course you can get into grad school with tons of research experience and not as good a GPA or a stellar. Yeah, you're so right. And I'm, I bet that's true, too, with, again, I don't know about NASA in particular, but what are they looking for? There's probably, right. you know, and if, if GPA is the thing, well, then let's start addressing that directly right, right. now, knowing that that's very important on this path. Um, yeah. Um, another thought I have, yeah, philosophy always gets such a bad rap. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like it's so bad. I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, we're not like, but yes, yeah, sorry. Because I feel like. Whatever your major, it's going to apply to whatever you do. And so, you know, whatever you learn in philosophy or any other major is going to end up being really useful to you in whatever you do. Totally. Absolutely. Um, So I wonder, but of course, there is a distinction whether you're trying to see your college experience as job training to get somewhere with particular skills or if you're trying to be, you know have a bunch of skills that you can apply to a bunch of places, I can see that, you know, different people see the purpose in different ways. So I guess maybe, yeah, talking about that in physics is an interesting question. Is it, this is helping you be a well-rounded person and think about lots of things that you can apply in many ways, or is it job training, or is it some combination of both and maybe being somehow explicit about that? I don't know. That's interesting. That's so, it's super interesting because my undergraduate degree was actually um, applied physics and it was like part of the degree was doing an internship somewhere and it was very much kind of like much more in the lens of that job training. Mm -hmm. Like it was much Mm -hmm. more that. And so, yeah, my experience here is different. I think, so something that's come up for us as a department, sorry, this is very specific, so I don't know how helpful this is, but um, we have two different degree tracks and one is the BS and one is the BA. And kind of the BA is sort of thought of as being a little bit more like if you wanted to go to more practical route. Okay. But whatever way we have conveyed that information to the students, it's very much seen as one is the good one and one is the bad one. 
you know you what can't I mean? And cut like, the bachelors of science, you do the bachelors of arts one. Is that that's absolutely <laughs> right? And so, like, even yeah. somehow, which is nine thousand percent not true, but somehow there's just a vibe that like. Mm-hmm the best go to grad school, which is so yeah. not the case, right? Because there's plenty right. of people who are like the top students who are like, this isn't what I want to do. And they shouldn't, right? But it's just somehow this just gotten really messed up that there's this weird thing that academia is winning, which as we sure. know may not be the case for sure. So, but um, yeah. yeah, so I think we need to work on conveying that information. But as we're all of the faculty we have, I don't think anyone has ever gone and worked in industry. So we just haven't got that experience. Totally, totally. And it, you know, like we have a similar thing in chemistry where you can get a chemistry major as a bachelor's of arts where you don't have to take calculus based physics. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that's a lesser experience because in a lot of chemistry fields, you don't need calculus based physics. So, you know, that's fine. Um, But yeah, I guess it does come back to this thing you brought up earlier of industry people showing the pathway the career pathway to industry in physics or chemistry with those skills how do you get a job that's not grad school and academic track and I wonder whether we could bring in people from that industry virtually to give well that's I get that's totally true right because there is this sort of flip side to all of the misery of being online is that we can (laughs) Now we feel totally comfortable giving virtual seminars and whatnot. Right. And we did have a student come who was an alumni and she had done this excellent sort of industrial master's program. Mm -hmm. And after she came and gave the talk, a number of students went and applied because they just couldn't visualize what that would look like. Sure. And then she was very clearly like, I did this and I did this internship and then here's my you know, giant paycheck I have now and suddenly that, you know, changes <laughs> Here the perspective. Here are all the zeros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. and then all the faculty are like weeping. because, yeah. But yeah, so I think just trying to, but I don't know, it's, it's tricky because a lot of students come in with like, hooray, I'm definitely going to do this and become a professor and get a Nobel Prize. And both working against my own narrow perspective of what I did, and then also not kind of squashing dreams, as totally. you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. So I think totally, I completely agree. And I, and and of course, it's broader than academia and industry. You can go on and do anything with your physics degree, even if it has nothing to do with physics. Maybe you know more about data because you've worked in a physics major, or totally. maybe you just take your overall understanding of the world and apply that to something totally different. So I wonder, maybe another thing we could do. Like you, you brought in this former graduate who went off and did this awesome master's thing. Maybe we could bring in virtually, if need be, former students who've gone off in totally different directions and tried to try to show the network and possibilities. Right. Like, really I always, cool. like we had a, I had a person who was in my grad school who went on to set up like a consulting firm, you know, and then another one went to work in Wall Street and stuff. And totally. so I think what I always think or try to say to students it's like having a physics degree will probably not hurt whatever it is you're going to end up of doing. course not. like you can always totally. bring those you know skill sets with you okay yeah. good so what about you what are you working on well very similar thing um yeah supporting students on the non-academic route when i don't yeah. know the non-academic route myself um and one thought you know if you're going the academic route you're going to get a phd you're going to be a professor 
it kind of makes the master's step seem unnecessary. And so I always think yeah. of it as like, when I'm thinking with my academic lens, I think of it as like, well, you do a master's if you're not quite sure what direction you want to go, and then you can like adjust trajectory and do your PhD. But if you're going to get a PhD eventually and you know what you want to do, just go straight to that. That's my normal advice for students going to grad school. But one other aspect of a master's is getting in the job pursuing group. Like a lot of people yeah. doing master's are probably like it's a higher percentage of those who are going to go off and do some other non-academic job. And so I think that can be a perk of doing a master's is getting totally. more into that field while doing a, you know, a step. So anyway, that's just something I wanted to keep in my mind. And um, yeah, and now that we've talked all about these aspects, I do want to get more graduates and people in fields that would take physics majors to come somehow and promote that they're interested. Totally. Yeah, I think it's super. And like you said, because that is a huge thing now is this data science like totally. that's a really big sort of source or just having like we kind of have developed in our department and I'm sure this is true everywhere little pipelines into uh -huh. you know like if a school has taken a couple of people and they've worked out they're like oh okay you know and you know so maybe just trying to get some more of these pipelines going get some more pipelines totally yeah yeah I completely agree it's and just tricky. and just reminding everybody that just because you have a chemistry degree doesn't mean you have to be, you know, measuring out things in test tubes in a lab. You know, there's yeah. plenty of options of what you could do using those skills and even more options of things you could do just with all that knowledge in your head that doesn't directly relate to chemistry. So it's really infinite in each one of those pools of all the things you could do. So totally. just reminding people that it doesn't have to be grad school. Well, I was looking at somebody's resume recently and... They had written, like, research that they did, mm -hmm. but it was for a non-academic job. And we were talking about, like, how much there's involved in research that are actually, like, really desirable skills mm -hmm. in, like, Good point. an office space. You know, like, communication and organization and, you know, that sort of stuff. And totally. To kind of, like, tease out those things instead and of I, just, you know, I, I remember even running into that in grad school, like you're graduating with your PhD and if you're not going the academic route, what do you say you know? And you know tons right. of things from having done research. You just need to reframe them to totally. apply to whatever you're applying to. Yeah. So one thing I've, you know, struggled a little bit with the master's thing is money. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know if this is true all around, but generally... My experience has been that like if you apply to a PhD program and you get like a teaching fellowship, mm -hmm. you'll have it all sort of paid for. And that seems less common for the masters. Interesting. And so I feel like that's it. some advice I've given students, which may not have been the best advice, which was kind of to go in as if you're in the PhD program mm. and you can kind of leave with the masters. But yeah, maybe that is not the best. That, I'm sure that varies by all kinds of things because at my yeah. grad school... The master's students, you know, were paid to do the research, just like the PhD students. Um, so I'm sure it widely varies. So maybe just something to look into yeah. as, you know, as you're advising the student. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, mm -hmm. good. This is definitely good food for thought. Yeah, totally. 
Oh, and one other thing to add on to our usual outgoing message is that we have started to put the podcast on YouTube. Yes. And so if people want to listen to it there, there is no accompanying videos of us making weird faces on Zoom. It's just <laughs> Thank the yeah, yeah, it's just the logo for the podcast. But if anybody um if that's where you get your podcasts, that will be available there. So we're kind of slowly adding to the back catalogue, but the current episodes are up there if that's something you're interested in. All right. Thanks very much, Ruth. And thanks, Ralph, as always. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.